0: week's edition of the Carolina Kayak Lunker Hunters Podcast, sponsored by Carolina Waters and Carolina Paddle Sport Outfitters, the podcast that covers the tournament trails in North Carolina and beyond. I am back from a beautiful Hawaiian vacation. Allie and I had so much fun visiting some of her family out in Maui. We got to see a lot of whales and a lot of turtles and some really neat coral reefs with some little saltwater fish in them. It was a really really good time and we enjoyed every second of it but now that i am back on the mainland it was a lot of fun to go out and finally after three trips before my hawaii trip finally got to catch a bass that didn't come off right at the boat so i went out this afternoon with the 75 degree weather and managed to get four bass in the boat and I'm looking forward to getting many, many more of those as the, uh, as the year progresses here. While I was gone in Hawaii, though, a lot of kayak tournament action took place. So we will go ahead and jump into that right now. The first Queen City event at Lake Norman was February the 19th. And Mark Wilkins won that event with 76 and a quarter inches Mark will be joining us later in the show to talk about his win and how exactly he got it done among other topics. Ronnie Murphy finished second with 72 and a half inches and Chris Goodwin, the reigning champion of the Lake Norman event, he finished third. Queen City will have Lake Norman up next and that will be a Queen City Santee double dip. One scheduling note for Queen City The Jordan Lake event that was scheduled for September 11th has been switched with the Lake Murray event on the, their October date. I don't remember exactly what that October date is. Um, go to the Queen City Facebook page or their website to, uh, double check the exact dates, but the Jordan Lake event has been flipped with the Lake Murray event. So anyone interested in either of those two events will, uh, we'll have to make other arrangements. It's the same dates, but the lakes lakes have just been switched, so um, keep that in mind as you're planning ahead. Bouncing backwards just a little bit, the first Hobie BOS tournament of the season was at Toledo Bend on February the 12th, and that lake was a little bit stingier than I thought it was gonna be, I gotta be honest, but still a great tournament nonetheless. Rolando Naden finished first, with 178 and a half inches cody henley finished second with 177 and three-quarter inches and michael sebastian mara finished third with 171 and a quarter inches the next hobie event as i mentioned earlier is santee a lot of north carolina guys fishing that one a lot of qc guys going down for that event um i'm in particular i know i've mentioned it before on the show I am very much looking forward to that event so um, yeah that should be an absolute slugfest and I can't wait for it. Speaking of slugfest, Jeremy Heath travels down to Lake Murray where he won a Queen City event last year and he wins the KBF Pro Series as well as the KBF Trail Series on day one. On the first day of the Trail Series he caught a hundred and a half inches to pace the field And on day two, he followed that up with 87 and a quarter inches to take home that Pro Series title and a really impressive paycheck from the week. He finished ninth on Trail Series day two. So, congratulations to Jeremy. He had a really awesome 2021 season, and that looks like it's only going to get better here in 2022. So, congratulations to him. Corey Dreyer finished 18th and cashed a check. On Trail Series Day One, and he caught the big fish of Trail Series Day One as well at 23 and a half. So, congratulations to Corey. Before I get to Mark and our conversation about Lake Norman, I'd like to thank Carolina Passport Outfitters for supporting the podcast. CPSO specializes in putting you in the kayak that fits your needs at the best price around. CPSO, our dealer for Native, Feel Free, Three Waters, Johnny Boat, Sea Stream, and Cuckoo Watercraft visit their website at www.CarolinaPSO.com, and that will have information on their new location as well as their full inventory of kayaks. And make sure you let Derek and Adam know that you heard about them on the Carolina Kayak Lunker Hunters podcast. This episode is also brought to you by Carolina Waters, a fishing and lifestyle brand that calls North Carolina home. From their selection of performance shirts, soft style tees, headwear including new patch hats, Carolina Waters provides high-quality apparel for Sears anglers and weekend warriors. Visit CarolinaWatersNC.com for their full line of apparel and follow Carolina Waters NC on Facebook and Instagram for updates on new gear, local appearances, and more. From the mountains to the coast, and all points in between, wear your pride in Carolina Waters. You are also going to want to check out their new hooded sun shirts as well as the new kayak shirt that just hit the website. Make sure you use the code KAYAK at checkout for a special discount on your order. My guest this week caught over 76 inches to win the QC opener at Lake Norman on February the 19th, Mark Wilkins. Mark, thanks for joining me. And before we jump into all things Lake Norman, uh, when I was getting ready for this podcast, I saw on, uh, on Facebook that you're originally from Miami. Uh, did you start fishing down there? And, you know, if you did, what was kind of the biggest adjustment from, from moving from Miami to here fishing wise?
1: Well, thank you, Christopher, for having me. Um, I, I, I didn't grow up. I mean, I, I was born in, in, uh, Alaska and lived around, but I think like, you know, from like, uh, 10 to, to my twenties, I lived in Miami and, uh, just, uh, I, where where I lived, I was literally five minutes away from Biscayne Bay and on the Be- Bel Air Canal system. So we, we fished those canals every single day. We fished the uh, saltwater. Um, I was there in 1984 when the peacock bass were introduced there. Um, they were introduced to control the, cichl- the cichlid population. They were they were con- um, um, introduced by the Florida DNR. Um, they they weren't like st- Uh, stuck there and they're the butterfly peacock they're not those giant amazonian peacock but i've just been immersed in fishing my whole entire life freshwater and saltwater
0: yeah absolutely Uh, uh, coming from you know coming from alaska going down to florida and then north carolina you've sort of gotten to experience uh, a little bit of everything then as far as I
1: went to culinary school in Charleston, South Carolina, and uh, um, lived in Wilmington, North Carolina. I've just been around. My father was a Coast Guard officer, so we, we've moved around a lot, and we always lived near water, and my dad loved to fish.
0: Absolutely. So, um, you know, when you take all of your, all of your experiences together, uh, fishing-wise, what's your, I guess, what would be your favorite species to catch?
1: Huh, you're going to laugh um that would be the yellow perch okay <laughs> i just love those fish i love that i love that um, being a chef i love their culinary value um of course i catch and release all bass and stuff stuff like that but any perch or crappie you know that's going in the box um i'm not one of those old men enough yet to just dedicate my life to it but eventually that'll probably happen
0: <laughs> <laughs> no doubt it, it, it'll happen to It'll happen to all of us, I'm sure, once we get to once we get to that point. Um, yeah. on the on the saltwater side of things, what was what was your kind of favorite to target in uh, in saltwater?
1: Oh, we did everything from in store in inshore snook fishing, big mangrove snapper fishing, fishing the, the mid reefs, you know, for mutton snapper and reef fish and whatever that bite, and uh, you know, um going offshore for you know, doing the dolphin the pelagic deal. We just loved it. We just uh, lobster you know went lobstering crabbing we just did everything uh that was, i mean we just we just harvested every bounty that florida that the florida saltwater could could have back then it was it was a great growing up there in miami i really learned a lot about the water and fishing and tides and everything
0: absolutely well the uh lake norman doesn't have tides nor salt water just a lot of <laughs> just a lot of spotted bass um you know, well, first off, congrats before we jump into it, congratulations on on winning that event. Um, so how much, you know, kind of kind of transitioning into Lake Norman here then, how much how much did you know about the lake heading into it? And what were you know, with the weather conditions that were that were present, you know, leading up to the event, what were you sort of expecting from that event?
1: Well, I'm fishing a historic spot for me. I did really well in the Hobie B BOS there too two years ago. Um, I rolled into town on Thursday. Uh, I've been predicting the weather. This this spot is current related. This spot is uh, water um, collar related. This is just a niche, a little niche bite. And uh, this is all documented on my YouTube channel. You can follow along. But um, I just rolled into town Thursday, literally rolled up, and started dinging them. I had two primary spots. I rolled up, caught like a 19-incher, went over to my secondary. Caught a 16 and a 19 incher, then the wind started blowing horrendously. So, went back and Friday, the conditions were the same. I've been I couldn't I couldn't fish this this area, this scenario last year because it was literally a winter hurricane. And uh, you know what I consider the greatest vi- victory in in a QC KBF history of all time would be the Chris Goodwin win and Joey Randall's second on that lake. <laughs> I mean, during those conditions, but, um, but yeah, so I have history on the lake. So go in Friday, go to my primary spot. I mean, they're just biting. They're just there and they're big. I mean, they're just uh, 19 and a half, 19, three quarter, 20 inches. They're just big. And I just catch a couple and I just, wind kicks up and then I proceed to try to look for a largemouth kicker bite, uh, which I could not, could not find. So that was my practice.
0: Gotcha. So kind of with that said, um it sounds like you're pretty confident you could you could catch a limit that day um I was
1: I was very confident that I was like on a unique situation that nobody else was gonna have
0: gotcha gotcha so kind of you know kind of with that said take me through how tournament day unfolded
1: okay so going back to that unique situation like when you're in a, when you're in a tournament when you when I'm out here in my local club with, you know, 10, 15, 20 guys, you know, I just go fish, just go fishing, but when you're in a big tournament, you have to find a unique situation, you just have to, I mean, I don't, I, I'm working all summer, so I don't get to compete for for an AOI, so I come out to swing, and, I come, and if you can look at my tournament history, it's it's a lot of beef, really good finishes, and a lot of bombs, so uh, so going into my tournament day, you know, I couldn't hardly sleep the night before, I, I, I knew it was uh, mine to lose, I mean, I just I've never felt this confident before in a tournament again uh, before. I mean, I've had like confidence, but I just knew that this, nobody was on this. It's like literally ghost town, two days out there practicing bass boats, nobody just like catfish guys. So, um, so day of the tournament comes, you know, I have to, just a couple guys at the boat ramp, you know, they all leave. Uh, they all, you know, pass the area, arrive on my, my area, literally the first catch, Cat. This is how it went. First cast, 19 and a half inches. Second cast, 19. Third cast, an 18. And and then I weed through about, you know, a bunch of 17 and three quarters, 16. And then about 15 minutes later, I decided to upsize from a 3.3 through to to a, a 3.8 and uh, ding to twenty two and a quarter. And right right then I just knew I had a monster bag. So I just um went through fished down fished there a little while and then um this uh rolling um carnival of of a uh, giant pontoon but it must have been like 40 feet it's like three guys on it they're like they're tr- at the same time they're trying to fish for catfish they're trying to throw away rigs one guy's throwing a cast net and they're just fishing all around me i, I knew i had a giant bag so i just broke off i went around and fished for six more hours tried to uh tried to find a largemouth bite. Try to get a really like a you know Lake Norman doesn't have a lot of largemouth, but the ones that are in there are dingers. So I went around tried to find a good one to no avail. Put it on the trailer a couple hours early and just rolled up to the weigh-in.
0: So how many? So when did what what time did you stop fishing then?
1: I basically had my bag by eight forty-five.
0: Yeah, that's that's impressive. That's an impressive. Yeah especially for kind of that you know in February you don't kind of you don't see like the morning bite it's it's still important but you don't see it normally when you think about it the fishing the way I think about it anyway the fishing gets better as the day goes on as the day warms in those in the in these colder weather months so to Uh, have to have that done with two hours in and a February tournament is pretty impressive
1: well this is totally current related and I've gone to that spot before, like in practice, and they're not generating current, and all you catch is a bunch of dinks. The current brings in the bigs, and uh, a lot of people, I because I fish in the winter time, I I have I fish over 200 days a year. I have a lot of time on the water. People overestimate water temperature. It's probably one of the most overestimated, most most misunderstood. Uh, uh, things myths about fishing I mean as long as the water is between like 42 and 50 it doesn't matter now I don't have much experience here living in you know the western North Carolina we don't I think the coldest water I've ever seen is 38 but we don't I don't have any experience with that but but from what I've seen in my water temperatures a lot of guys get it in their mindset that the fish are going to be sluggish that blah 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 it's just not the case how, how big was your big fish?
0: 20 and a quarter. 20 and a quarter. Was that a, was that a spotted bass?
1: Yeah. And all my, all my bass were spotted bass. And that, that wasn't even the big fish of the tournament. Uh, Nick Huddleston, um, got like a 21. I mean, I think there was a, if to look back, uh, it was like a 21. I mean, this, this thing, this was uh, like the, <laughs> I can't even talk because it, it was so big. The Nick Huddleston's bass literally was the biggest spotted bass I've ever seen put on a catch board. I mean, it was absolutely huge.
0: Yeah, that was a big fish. I think he said, yeah. if I remember correctly, he posted that it was, it was six and a half, I think, but yeah, with a, with a disclaimer that he wasn't sure about the, about the scale. Um, but yeah, that was a, that was a giant fish that he caught. That was, that was pretty impressive.
1: Yeah. Lake Norman, uh, amongst the boat anglers, um, they always give the boat the lake a bad reputation i don't fish it in the summertime i can't even hardly speak for that but in the wintertime it's like every time i go there the big ones show up
0: yeah i'd say i've i've never been on the lake but i've heard i've heard that that wintertime period is is a good time to go and i mean in the summertime norman's got got you know from what i understand has a lot of pleasure boaters on it so that makes <laughs> that's, it...
1: that's the biggest understatement in the universe. <laughs> <laughs> i mean i don't even I, I wouldn't even fish on i mean i wouldn't even i have a there's a couple lakes out by my way we just we fish them all winter and then once once uh april comes we we don't we don't show back up till the fall
0: absolutely absolutely um so how many how many total fish did you end up catching
1: i think i caught somewhere around 12 10 between 11 and 12
0: okay i think the were... smallest.
1: Fish the smallest fish I caught was like 16 and a quarter.
0: That's such a good day. That's such a fun day when they're all, when they're all, you know, that quality size, quality size bass.
1: It definitely wasn't fun because I've like, I've had, uh, you think you're on something and then you go tournament day and it's like a disaster, but this like, Oh, uh, you know, I can at least say once in my life, everything uh, fell into place.
0: No I'm doubt. Sorry. No <laughs> doubt. Um, so um I think you mentioned it uh a little bit earlier and if you want to if you want to not say anything about it, that's good too um but what uh what bait were you using to catch those fish
1: oh I was using a half ounce uh hair jig I was fishing down yeah. at about 25 feet of water
0: interesting very interesting that's yeah. a I haven't that uh that hair jig is a new one for me. I haven't heard very much about it in in this part of the in this part of the country.
1: Yeah, that's some old man stuff. <laughs> Too young. You, know, you might know about you might wake up, to, wake up wake up one day when you're 52 and all of a sudden you're like, dang, I need to tie on a hair jig.
0: Well, it's funny you say that. I I was doing a uh, I was doing a I wrote a story for Bass Times about uh, Seth Fighter's uh, little hair jig little uh little little uh outcast jig. Huh. And uh it's funny you say that because he mentioned we were talking mostly about smallmouth, but um he mentioned that there were he he didn't do it specifically, but that there were some guys using it for spotted bass. And I was like, that's interesting. And now I th- found someone who uses it for spotted bass
1: it only works in the winter time it only works when the water's cold don't even bust it out don't even mess with it in the in the summertime this is a cold water This, like i said this is a a niche area with a niche bite using a niche lure i mean this was i mean this was about three baits could catch these fish down there the way i was fishing and it was also the angle of the cast
0: gotcha so it's a it's a precision bite then
1: yeah, it's a precision bite. when you watch the video, you can see me position my kayak in the exact same place all the time.
0: Gotcha. Are you using Are you using a uh, live scope or anything like that? Or uh... Oh
1: no, I just uh, I I don't I don't want to have live scope. I don't want to. Uh, um, guys guys buy that, and I've seen it, I've seen guys in my club who fished better before they had live scope. They finished better before they had live scope, and I just don't want that to get in my head. I mean. when 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 I was like towards the end when I was leaving like I was kind of just hanging around a a bass boat uh showed up and I actually encouraged him to come in and fish because I I didn't want any other because a couple other kayakers saw me and I just uh I kind of used that bass boat to kind of act as a what they call that in basketball like a pick or whatever Yeah, yeah but um but I just watched him with a live scope and I just watched him catch the 14 and 15 inches. He wasn't, he was totally missing the boat, like totally
0: missing the boat. Very interesting. So, um, I just
1: have your regular old little lands, uh, elite too. It's just a regular unit. It's got like an okay side scan, but you, I'll tell you what that unit really has. And this is the key. And this is another, this is another thing that's been, 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 Overlooked over the years, the Lorenz has the best two D downscan and two day, two D downscan, and it can really. I mean, when you know how to tune it and stuff, it can really reveal the fish and the size of the fish, which is very important.
0: Absolutely, um, with the back to the hair jig for one second. Um, so this is this is a little a smaller size hair jig, right? Not one of the not one of the big like ledge ledge deals.
1: This is a half ounce hair jig. It's about three inches. It's white with a uh, iridescent um, filaments in it. Um, it's has uh, uh, I'll give you a little juice on it. It has a little underspin on it. Okay. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's hey. really good. It's a really good base. It only works in the winter time.
0: Gotcha, gotcha. And all all spotted bass for your bag. That's for for. For four spotted bass, that's a that's a really impressive bag. Well, I'm
1: fishing. uh, What my technique is, I'm under. I'm fishing under the feeding school. Now, when I would scan through that area, I would notice that there was several big, big old arcs down there on the bottom. And I, this technique is not new. I mean, this is an old technique. I do a lot. If you follow my uh, YouTube or if you know my Facebook, I I really specialize in these big smallmouth and spotted bass. So you, know, I'm fishing under the school. Um, that's That's where we, you're going to catch the big ones. You can go around and fish the docks and whatever, and you, and you can catch an 18 inch here or there, or you can just have a great day. But if you want to consistently catch the bigs, you got to fish under these schools.
0: Gotcha, gotcha. So um, when you look at your, you know, when you look at your, not only, not only tournaments, um, but when you're fun fishing as well, what do you, what do you consider your favorite way to fish? Is it fishing? fishing deep like this?
1: Heck no. It's throwing a frog and jacking them out of the grass. It's uh, throwing big swim baits. I mean, I'm not talking like the boutique swim baits. I'm talking like the down and dirty, the gambler big easies, the gambler easy swimmers, fishing through that and just fishing for bigs, just trying to train myself to fish for the bigger fish all the time, just not to go out. I, I do do a little guiding. I do know how to catch guys it's a real fish in but i don't care about that i'm down fishing the bigs
0: absolutely and that's that uh i think that's some of that uh florida training in you trying to go on after you know frogging and swim bait style like that
1: yeah definitely
0: so where um where in your part of the state do you do you do that the most
1: oh i live in western north carolina and i'm happy to live near i'm very lucky to live near the they actually Georgia, Tennessee, North Carolina boundary areas. And uh, we have all these Georgia lakes. Uh, we have a grass out here. It's not, it's very similar to a hydrilla. It's called a Lodia grass. It acts like hydrilla, but it just doesn't blow up like hydrilla does. So we're able to fish these grass, um, deep grass, 14, 15 feet grass. that grows all the way up to the top and tops off. Uh, we're here in Little Tennessee River. We can fish bank reed grass. I mean, there's all kinds of living out. Uh, where I live, being close to Lake Chateau, close to Lake Hiawassee, close to Chickamauga, close to uh, um, all these lakes, great mountain, clear water mountain impoundments down to the dirty rivers. I mean, Lake Fontana, the rivers up in there. I mean, it's just, uh, um, it's just an amazing place to live when it comes to a variety of fishing and just the variety of testing yourself. Like when I want to practice for Norman, I go to Lake Fontana. When I want to practice for Seminole, I go, I go down to Lake Seed in Georgia. So I'm always, and I, you know, I'm always, we got the Santee, Santee Cooper coming up. I'll be happy to, maybe we'll meet each other up there. So I'm going to try to find something with cypress trees. And there's a little, few little cypress trees on, on Lake Chateau to practice with. But I'm, last time I was there, I did terrible. So I want to, you know, I want to just. Get get better and and uh, always learn and always practice.
0: Absolutely, yeah. You've got you've definitely got a good variation of of fisheries out there. Um, I don't know very much about about Fontana. Um, what's the I guess or is that mostly a, a smallmouth or are there spotted bass in there too? Um, big
1: spotted bass, big smallmouth, big largemouth.
0: Gotcha gotcha
1: it's it's got every river it's got like five rivers coming into it it's it's really cool it's the biggest it's probably like our biggest one of our biggest tournament lakes out here but as far as the bass boats
0: okay gotcha um so kind of kind of with uh you mentioned you mentioned santee there so are these is norman and um santee are those the two qc tournaments you're going to be fishing or how many how many more qc tournaments are you going to be fishing this year um
1: i might get one in the summertime depending on my schedule but i think my schedule is actually fully booked every single weekend but i'm definitely going to be santee
0: gotcha gotcha so
1: that might be the last one but um yeah and then I, i fish online tournaments sometimes just to keep in the native just to keep in shape. And, and, you know, I also have a pursuit with the uh, XI three that I use for other tournaments, but I, I like I like the, you know, when you're 52 years old, it's a great, that's a great exercise being in the native.
0: Oh, no doubt. No doubt. So, um, you know, kind of looking ahead to that, to that next event. Um, I think you said you fished Santee last year. What are you hoping to kind of, kind of, uh, achieve on that lake this year?
1: Uh, not to suck that'd probably be like <laughs> that would be the number one achievement um I don't know I found a good area I don't know I just uh, I like went to the boat ramp with the biggest campground with the biggest jerk owner of the, I don't know I'm just going to go to a totally different boat ramp and I'm going to be there for almost a week so I'm going to really practice and and I don't know it's like when I approach a tournament on a huge lake there's like no way these guys that jump around from ramp to, ramp to ramp to ramp to ramp to ramp to ramp. I mean, OK, you're seeing the lake. But I try to look for a really good area and it might be just a, might be just a big like one boat ramp area, which is huge out there and just make that my lake. And then just like practice in sections of that and really practice on it and learn that area. <clears throat> Excuse me. And if I do well, then I do well. And if not, I, maybe I just pick the wrong area and just try back again next year.
0: Yeah, that's a good way to that's a good way to go about it it's you know and when you just you
1: go crazy you go crazy jumping from ramp to ramp
0: yeah when you don't have a when you don't have a big when you don't we're not in a bass boat and don't have a big motor to move from place to place um getting around moving around and getting back in the truck multiple times gets it just gets uh i don't know to me that's a that's that would be very stressful to me that's not how i usually approach kayak kayak stuff i know peak guys who do do very well but uh if i'm if i start in an area that's pretty much where i'm going to where i'm going to be and going to try to pick it apart
1: you can guarantee any boat ramp in santee can win i mean it's not oh, like yeah. you just have to find the fish i mean there's going to be five big ones in there all the time i mean it's just, I mean, you just got to, you just got to learn and find, and I mean, you can jump around, and, you know, if your area is just totally blown out wind or whatever, but, you know, you know, guys just need to slow down with their practice and just concentrate on an area. I never would have found this bite if I didn't slow down and practice and pick areas apart, you know.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, you know, when you're thinking about, um, you know, you've got kind of a unique schedule, um what what the rest of the season um either in monthlies or if you manage to you know kind of what's your what's the goal for the for the rest of the year um are you did you qualify for the i can't remember how queen city does it uh did you qualify for
1: yeah i qualify but i have to fish seven events and i'm just no way i can do that (laughs) but um um well every year i pick something to work on Last year was perfecting some frog techniques as far as tackle as far as gear-wise, not necessarily the frog fishing, but just getting my like rod and reel and line really dialed in. I fished a frog a little bit different than a lot of people do, but uh and but this and I also worked on my deep water summer crummy bite, save a bite, deep water drop shotting to try to catch you know fish. And I worked on that and had a lot of success. So this year is gonna be I'm going. Back to the whopper plopper. I'm gonna really try to perfect that bite because I've noticed like from tur- certain tournament fishermen and and that that can really produce a bigger bite. The big, And I know that from the fact because when they first came out, I was really catching them on them. And I don't know why, I just kind of like put it away. So I'm gonna revisit that. And uh, that's probably gonna be my goal this summer. Do some online tournaments, do little club tournaments around, around the house here and uh gear up for next season
0: i hate that whopper plopper (laughs) (laughs) why i don't know it's just never been i've just never gotten comfortable with it really you can tune them
1: i mean you can tune them i mean a lot of people get annoyed when they spin around but you just if you know if you know them enough you can tune them around to get them to really run sweet run sweet
0: you know yeah i don't know what i don't know what it is about it that that I don't know i've just i guess i've never really gotten the bites on it to you know really support throwing it. it it's to each his own obviously i mean i know yeah. i know people obviously crush them on it mm-hmm. uh it's just it's just never something i got really comfortable with so maybe i'll maybe i'll join you in that quest to <laughs> in spirit to get better with that uh to get better with that bait yeah. um what uh what club tournaments do you uh do you fish around around uh your area
1: fish the appalachian kayak fishing league and i fish um altitude kayak fishing league and peach state kayak anglers
0: okay so um what are what's kind of i mean you kind of went through it a little bit um but for what are kind of what are the lakes that those trails focus on a lot
1: well i have two tournaments coming up on march 12th where where there's a new league um they started in is like Asheville. I don't know. I'll I'll excuse me for not remembering, but they just started up. They're having a, a tournament on Lake Hickory on March twelfth. I'm signed up for that. I'm going to be signed up, and then I'm fishing March nineteenth on Lake Lanier uh, for the Peach State Kayak Anglers, which is run in conjunction with a bunch of Georgia B A S S uh, kayak clubs are going to converge down there, Um, and. uh, you know, it's going to be a bass qualifier, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to fish the Peach
0: State one. Lanier will be fun.
1: Yeah, I have like kind of, I have a really unique bite out there too, that a lot of things need for it to set up, but it's kind of setting up for it. The last time I went out there, it kind of didn't work out for me, but I'm hoping it does this time. Every time I come out there, I'm saying this is going to be the one where this works, but hopefully it will.
0: No doubt. I, f- I forget where I saw it. I saw some some really giant bag of spotted bass come out of Lanier, but I cannot remember for the life of me what tournament it was or who it was. Watch
1: the uh, watch the FLW Bradley hallman tournament that he won on Lake Lanier. Um, Bradley hallman caught an absolute giant bag of spotted bass every single day. Oh yeah,
0: that was a that was a smash fest.
1: Yeah, run running that little kayak down that down those down those marina walls and just was like killing it but there's giant spotted bass in there they just have they're just all they're just big and there's good largemouth i mean it's really it's a great fishery
0: absolutely absolutely yeah that's one of that's that's one of the places i need to get to here here soon and fish for the first time is Lanier. yeah heard just heard really good things about it and it's you know there's just every time i see a picture of that place or somebody holding a giant spot. So it's definitely one of those <laughs> destination, it's definitely one of those destination spot best uh, venues. Um, let me see here. Is there anything else you'd like to, you'd like to say about your, your win at Norman here?
1: I just would like to thank uh, Vinny and Mary and all the, all the club members of the QCKBF. We're really a family out there. We, if you notice, our website, our Facebook page is very active. We take care of each other. We raise money for charity. Vinny's a great, a great um, tournament director and an innovator in the tournament, in the tournament kayak tournament world. Kayak tournaments, period. Um, just a great guy. Just he's been a good friend to me, and I just really appreciate fishing with all the guys and and how much I've learned over the years fishing there and from from my from my fellow uh, club members
0: no doubt and before i get you out of here um go ahead and give out your uh, your youtube handle and kind of uh you know tell people what uh what your youtube channel is all about yeah
1: my youtube channel is not uh, there's no trap music on it there's no uh, slow motion uh there's uh, no girls there's like nothing on there it's just uh catching big fish and it's kind of unedited, it's kind of pieced together. It's more of a fishing blog style. It's really grown over the years, uh, specializing in big, large mouth and huge, huge smallmouth bass, uh, celebrating the lakes out here, um, Northeast Georgia kayak fishing. You can search any kind of Georgia kayak bass fishing or North Carolina kayak fishing, I'm gonna come up there. So, uh, you know, check me out, you know, subscribe every time i get a subscriber I'm, I'm just like amazed that somebody would want to watch it and uh and uh, i would also like to thank a, a sponsor for the club uh endura mills uh they make great base layers of fishing all winter um you have to keep your body you have to keep your core warm, warm. a lot of people in winter tournaments will psych themselves out before they even get to the boat ramp you have to prepare your body to be cold and you, and you have to be able to keep your core cold, your core warm. You keep your core warm. Everything else is warm. Your extremities stay warm. So Endura Mills, that is, um, um, let's see here, inderamills.com. Uh, you can sh- just shop Endura Mills. You can find anything on there. They'll send you an old school catalog. You can order online. It's, they're great. They support the club and they support kayak fishing.
0: Good deal, man. Well, thanks for coming on the show this week and congratulations again on your win. And, uh, yeah, we'll have to, uh, we'll have to try and catch up at Santee. I'm really looking forward to being down there and fishing that event. Are you, are you double dipping or are you just fishing QC? I'm
1: double dipping.
0: Okay. Good deal. Good deal, man. Well, hopefully I will see you down there, but, uh, but yeah, thanks for joining the show. Thank you, Christopher, so much
1: for doing this show. I really appreciate it. I love your podcast because of your professionalism. It's, and you being a writer and a reporter, a sports reporter, you just add a unique flair to it. And I always look forward to see it when it comes up on my podcast.
0: Thanks for the kind words. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Yeah, have a good one. You too. is Bassmaster Classic Week, and that means it's time for our second installment of Bring in a Fantasy Fishing Expert, and her name is Allie Decker. Allie, how are you feeling about this week?
2: You know, I'm feeling pretty good about this week, actually. Um, Hartwell, you know, it, it, it's a good lake. Got a lot of a lot of good anglers, of course, so it's going to be a good week.
0: So to recap from our first fantasy fishing segment, Allie actually beat me and my dad by a good amount, but last week she stumbled just a little bit. I came in first and I believe she came in second and my dad came in third. I'll have to go back and check the standings on that, but she's holding her own here. And of course she would because she's a fantasy fishing expert. So let's get to your picks this week.
2: Yeah, I just know how to pick them.
0: All right, let's pick them. Who you got in bucket A?
2: So in uh, bucket A, I have Patrick Walters.
0: All right, a South Carolina native, a solid choice to start with.
2: Thank you, yes, that was actually my analysis that I told you already off off air.
0: All right, bucket B.
2: For bucket B, it is a no-brainer. We have Taku Ito.
0: Your favorite angler? Okay.
2: Yeah, I'm always going to pick him. It does not matter the situation.
0: Who you got in bucket C, then?
2: In bucket C, I have uh, Kyle Welcher.
0: Alright, why is that?
2: It's just a gut feeling that I have. I don't expect you to understand, because you don't know how to pick them like me.
0: Well then. <laughs> Let's move on to Bucket D.
2: Bucket D, I have uh, Matthew Robertson. Uh, He's from Kentucky. So, you know, you got to rep Kentucky whenever you can.
0: All right, and finally, Bucket E.
2: Bucket E, we have KJ Queen.
0: A North Carolina angler.
2: Yes, that is correct.
0: You want to take a gander at where he's from? And this is not from North Carolina?
2: Uh, do I have to?
0: Go for it. Be my guest.
2: Uh, Catawba? It's, <laughs> it's, uh, Catawba, North Carolina. Close enough. How do you say it? Catawba. Okay, I basically had it.
0: So you're feeling pretty good about those picks, huh?
2: Oh, I'm feeling great. We got a diverse group here. They're gonna go at it uh, with everything they got, and we're gonna we're gonna get a win.
0: All right, classic starts on Friday. Hopefully, all of you will be following along. And hindsight, 2020. I probably should have made a uh, Bassmaster fantasy fishing group for the podcast, but I didn't think that far ahead. So very sorry. But we will update you weekly. And the next Elite Series event will be Santi Cooper, and we will have to see what our uh, fantasy expert comes up with for that event. Ali, thank you for joining me.
2: You're very welcome.
0: and note to something I said earlier the new Queen City schedule will be Lake Murray on September the 10th and Jordan Lake on October the 1st I said earlier in the show that I wasn't sure the exact dates I checked and those are the exact dates so make sure you adjust your calendars accordingly and if you're interested in fishing either one of those events make sure you've got it down correctly March is going to be a jam-packed month for North Carolina Tournament Trails. We've got CKA and CCKF kicking off their seasons this month, starting with the and Harris event for Central Carolina Kayak Fishing. That should be a really good one if the weather continues to trend the way it has. And there are going to be some uh, really big bass caught at that event. There is no doubt about that. That will be the next Carolina Trail event, but until then, make sure you enjoy the Bassmaster Classic. We will talk about the Bassmaster Kayak Series Championship on next week's episode that is going on as we speak. And they are catching a lot of really big fish there that I didn't really expect to see across the board. So make sure you tune into the live leaderboard or the results depending on when you are hearing this episode and enjoy the bassmaster classic it's always a fun week to cover and a fun week to watch on bassmaster live classic week is exciting make sure you all enjoy it special thanks to carolina waters and carolina Power support outfitters again for supporting the show Make sure you use that code kayak at checkout for Carolina waters and make sure you let Derek and Adam know that you heard about their company on this podcast. Until next time, this has been the Carolina Kayak Lunker Hunters Podcast.